0: To random gaming talk it is an entertainment talks podcast for video games i'm your host matthew joining me today my co-host is robert how are you today
1: i'm doing good a little under the weather all this uh screwy up down up down with the uh, temperature you mm. know made me a little sick so other than that if it sounds like i'm a little weird i'm on the mic it's just because i'm a little congested right now but other than that i'm doing good cool how you doing
0: Um, Well, because we're getting the kitchen still done at the moment, yes, if you've listened to like old podcasts and I've mentioned, uh, because I remember saying on Geek Town that by the time the Walking Dead stuff comes out, it should be finished and it's not. Um, Yeah, they've just got to do the flooring and put the plug sockets on the walls instead of having them dangling off uh, and then do like a second coat of paint. But other than that, all the cupboards and the and the unit and the sink and tap and that sort of stuff, they're all in. So, um, I just don't quite get what's taken them so long, because they started last week, Monday, so, um, yeah, but I mean, I don't understand any of that sort of stuff, so, what what am I to, to say? Um, but yeah, because all the, like, dust and stuff that we've had from that, and it's kind of got spread a little bit around, um, I think I've got, like, a slight more cough, but other than that, I'm I'm pretty good. So, uh, what have you been playing within the last week?
1: Well, the, uh, first bit of Fallout DLC came out, the Wild Appalachia, the
0: The brewing Mm events.
1: I've been doing the daily quest for that, just out of more boredom than anything else. Uh, The (laughs) initial download uh, takes uh, about 40-ish minutes to do, depending on how hard it is to find some of the materials, so there's not a whole lot there. And then after that, it's a daily uh, quest, and the quest is just, you know, brew this thing, throw in the fermenter, wait like 10 minutes. I usually go find like a daily quest that's running to do that, to um, get a little money and, you know, get a little experience. And then by the time that daily event's done, um, the brewing's done, and then you drink the drink and then do something random assigned with a, whichever stat increases from the drink. And at the end of it, you get a recipe for some screwball. A4. You know, in terms of actual download content, I give it a solid 4 out of 10, but it's something. Okay. Um, outside of that, just you know, bouncing around between random games—a little bit of uh, Overwatch, a little bit of uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, a little bit of God of War. You know, it's nothing too serious. Any kind of like real time sinks coming oh. up.
0: How's a uh, Dragon Quest? At the moment,
1: it's very enjoyable. The easiest way to do it is like it's very heavily influenced from Dragon Ball Z because the guy mm. that does the artwork. For the game, did the artwork for Dragon Ball. Right. All our characters look alike. Um, there's this thing where you get what they call pepped up, and basically you get you know a boost to your stats. And um, you it literally, and then if you have multiple characters that get pepped up at the same time, they pull off a super move, hmm. and they literally do the Dragon Ball Z thing where they put both of their hands, scream, and then glowing energy oh, really? starts throwing off of there. Oh, yeah, it, it's very, look it up on YouTube, it's very, very obvious.
0: Cool um yeah i'll probably check it out when it comes to switch i don't remember them saying a release date in the uh in the direct a few weeks ago but i remember they showed dragon crest 11 coming to switch so um i mean with a long uh jrpg like that it's probably good to have it on on, on the go system as well so um how are you getting on with god of war
1: i it's okay i mean i, I suck at the game but <laughs> it's not stopping me from enjoying it it's just more of a again part of the uh you know, muscle memory from it being a symmetrical uh, analog sticks versus the Xbox controllers asymmetrical, right? Um, yeah, and you know the key the controls are a little bit different. But outside of that, it's 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 more on me than the game. So, hmm.
0: yeah, I mean that took me a little bit while to, to get used to the whole changing where the left stick is. Um, and somebody has joined PlayStation's design, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, but one thing I actually realized maybe 10 hours into god of war i can't remember how long the game is uh, but like several hours into god of war i realized that you know with the axe you can either like swing with it or you can uh, throw it I realised several hours into the game that I was constantly doing the heavy throw, which is, you know, aim and uh, R2 instead of R1. I only realised, mm-hmm. like, several hours into the game that you could press R1 and do all these quick throws. Because I was watching these, like, bits and pieces of people play stuff on YouTube, and I was like, how are they throwing this thing and getting it back so quickly? And I ju- for some reason, I just didn't think to uh, use the, uh, the R1 stuff. Although it does tell you at the start of the game, doesn't it? So I probably just forgot it or, or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, sometimes you learn stuff as you go through. So... So are, are you getting any kind of like game of the year vibe from it, given all the like praise it's gotten
1: for Dragon Quest for, or, for uh, uh, God, of, God War? of War? Yeah, that yeah, was last year's game, dude.
0: Yeah, are you getting any like um, game of the year vibes from God of War for, for sort of? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good, i can it.
1: see why it got thrown into that nomination. I wouldn't put it above anything like, uh, you know, Red Dead Two or uh, um, anything like that. But I can I can see why it was in the talks.
0: Okay. Um, plus, it helped them to like reinvent God of War, essentially. So, uh, did you ever play any of the old, old ones?
1: I think I played played a little bit of the first one on the PS2 as like a store demo. Yeah, but that was like a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I played one. I think it was called Chains of Olympus. I, I'm probably wrong, but when I had a PSP, I remember playing that on the PSP, and it was pretty enjoyable. Enjoyable. I never finished it. Can't remember why. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty good as well. I used to, I used to use my PSP quite a lot, so, um, but I, I used to do a little bit more, not necessarily traveling, but I used to go to more places than what I do now, so, uh, plus that was when I was, you know, school, college, and didn't really have, uh, you know, as much stuff, so, um, yeah, good old PSP. So, did you ever have one of those, PSP? Nope. Cool, did you have I a... kind of
1: got out, of, after, like, the Game Boy Advance, I don't really think I ever had like a portable gaming system after that so
0: hmm. interesting uh cool S- thing, speaking of um art designs and stuff because you talked about uh Dragon Ball Z compared to uh Dragon Quest I was playing some uh, Left Alive uh this week which is the game that has the art director I think it's the art director or art designer uh from uh, Metal Gear Solid of course the Konami franchise um played about 10 minutes of it um and i talked about this game on on this week's next to nothing podcast which if you guys remember was uh, chase he came on uh on episode 137 i guested on his podcast that week uh but i went in and did his podcast uh yesterday which should be out soon again you know i don't host the podcast so it's not up to me to publish it but look out for that soon um and i spoke about left alive on there and i'll sort of say the same things here which is it gives you, like, this, like, really great cutscene that's, like, shows you the world sort of in ruins and gives you, you know, one of those overhead shots you get in, um, like, films where it's, like, hey, this city is destroyed and here's, like, a couple of helicopters flying over. Um, it gives you kind of that and then it gives you this, this guy, I can't remember his name, because um, I just didn't really care to remember it and then, uh, he gets, like, shot out a few times, he drops his gun, he picks it up and then you kind of take over from there. Um the game is really really sort of janky and very very stiff to play Uh, I didn't click with it at all and the game unless I miss something which again I said on the next to nothing show uh, unless I miss something or some kind of tutorial the game doesn't really tell you like this is how you reload this is how you crouch this is how you take cover obviously uh, controls like moving aiming and shooting is usually most of the time the same buttons but uh, the game didn't really tell me, like, how do I run away from enemies? How do I crouch behind stuff? How do I take cover? And then I ended up using, using like, a health kit. And I was like, great, I lost one of those. Uh, and then I got to this section where, what was it? I, I must have walked past something and then these guys started shooting at me. So, again, I'm pressing, like, different buttons to try and run. Uh, and then eventually I, I figured it out and took cover and stuff. Um, and then I, like, shot at one of the guys, caused him to stumble, but I couldn't kill him because i couldn't really un- aim the gun properly and then i like ran around this other corner uh took cover and in the game gave me this random tutorial of like here is how you pick up you know like distraction items like bottles and bricks and you know that kind of stuff and then uh, it said okay so there's two guys in front of you you can throw the bottle distract one and then walk around and do whatever Uh, I tried to do it, and then I got up to one of the other guys, um, and then realized, oh, the game hasn't taught me how to do, you know, stealth takedowns or any of that kind of stuff. So as I freeze in that moment and and try and think of what button it might be, the guy turns around, starts shooting and stuff, and um, I shot him a couple of times, but, like, he just, you know, got the better of me and killed me, and I thought, okay, maybe I'll, like, try that again. And then I tried it again, and it just, nothing really worked very well with the game. Um, and as Chase pointed out on the podcast, the game's been getting like 3 out of 10 and like 33% on Metacritic, so clearly it just hasn't gone down very well at all. Um, but the only real plus side it has to it is, it does look a lot like Metal Gear. So, if you really, really miss Metal Gear a lot and you want to play a lesser game, this might be for you, but, like, it really doesn't run very well. So, um, I mean it runs okay, it's just the controls are very stiff and it just doesn't really tell you how to play it and stuff, so that's that. Um, I moved on today to a Far Cry New Dawn. I've only played the first maybe the first hour at the most. I played kind of the intro bit, I've got two guns. Um, and I kinda realised the sort of jankiness behind Far Cry when you're doing certain bits and pieces. Um, and then it gives you this intro as like you're with these people on this train, you get attacked and then you get separated from a group, that kind of stuff. Uh it doesn't show you any of uh like Joseph Seed or any of that those people at the start. It does show the uh do you remember the two twins? That they, All the twins, rather, that they showed yeah. in there. You get introduced to them at the start. They're clearly kind of your uh, main villain. Um. So you get introduced to those, and you get kicked off this bridge, and you get kind of saved, and then you wake up, and then this woman's there, and she's like, hey, let's go and get you a gun. And then you go into this warehouse and get, like, a bunch of scrap and tape and all that sort of stuff. And... Uh, what, what do you think the first gun is that you make in the game? Because obviously when you're doing the first bit and you're trying to escape, you pick up like a pistol and that sort of stuff. What gun do you think that you make at the start? Oh, A shotgun? Uh, no, it's a uh, it, it's got these like little chain um, not chain, these like little saw blade things which you can shoot Really? um and i thought like that's pretty kind of advanced for like your first gun i thought i was going to maybe go and make it like an assault rifle or a pistol um and then i made that walked out and then uh like walked out the building and went towards my next ne- next objective and i saw these two people and i saw sort of in my gun and looked at you know, shooting one of them in the head, and uh, I thought, okay, I'll shoot at that person. Reload the because it's single shot. It's a bit like a, it's a little. It's basically like a crossbow, but you're shooting um, little blades instead of bolts. Uh, and I thought, okay, I'll shoot one, reload, and then try and get the other person. I shot the person, and somehow both of them died. I'm guessing the blade kind of spun off one of their heads or something and hit the other person. Um, but I thought that was. It might have done a ricochet. Maybe yeah, which was which was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, considering that's the very first game gun that you, I guess, make, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then obviously as you're going through, you pick up someone's pistol and you can hold both of those. And that's about as far as I've gotten. I did get to a, uh, what's it, like a gunfight and stuff. And hey, it's kind of good old Far Cry. So I'll keep going with it. And I'm, um, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm curious to see how these twins tie into Joseph Seed and like the bigger story. So, cause like the first, first thing that you see is the nuclear bomb. Thing that they spoiled at the end uh, for, for the game awards. Um, so yeah, I'll continue with it. It's it's really kind of fun. So we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, did you
1: ever play uh, Sunset Overdrive?
0: Sunset Overdrive, I did. Yes, it was a little while ago, but I quite enjoyed that. Yeah. So.
1: I just you said a bizarre weapon that just reminded me of that game and yeah, every, we- every weapon every weapon was like super wacky.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's kind of Ratchet and Clank-esque. So, um, have yeah. you ever played any of those Ratchet and Clank games? nope you can play the um remaster remake whatever you want to call it the first one on, on ps4 that's uh i think it was a ps plus game at some point that's actually how i played it so um if you guys want to check that out that's out there as well uh but yeah that's roughly what i've kind of been playing i got donkey kong tropical, tropical freeze back i jumped a little bit into zelda but that's about it so yeah it'll pretty much be far cry until uh Sekiro uh Sekiro rather um comes out on friday so we'll see how that goes Let's move into some housekeeping. Today's sponsor is Koalu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, The Walking Dead is still continuing for the second half of Season 9. I I did the podcast just before I came on and talked with uh, Robert for this gaming talk. So you'll probably see The Walking Dead posted just before this. I've got the episode ready and everything, it just needs to be posted. So you'll see that soon. Uh, that's for episode 914. Arrow and The Flash are still continuing for their second half of their fifth and seventh seasons, so we've been doing podcasts for those. Star Trek Discovery is still continuing for season 2. Um, it'll end the week that Game of Thrones starts, if my uh, calendar checkers has, has been right. Uh, so there's still a good few episodes left of that, and that's continuing for season 2. Uh, Ricky Gervais came up with a new show, it's called Afterlife. Um, I really, really enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, if you haven't started it yet, you can watch the first two episodes and then check out my impressions episode on the, on the first two. And then once you finish the season, it's only six episodes long, uh, you can check out the full season one review. So that's out there as well. Uh, but yeah, very, very good. And, uh, Ricky Gervais liked my tweet that I sent for the review. So that was really, uh, quite good as well. So did you see that when I, uh, sent that to you? Yeah, I
1: saw that he liked the tweet, which is really, really cool when, you know, somebody, when that kind of thing happens, Mm. um, i haven't had a chance to watch it yet i've heard good things about it uh one of the podcasts that i regularly listen to one of the guys on there was talking about how he and his girlfriend watched it mm -hmm. and they had to stop six times because she kept breaking down crying it was so good obviously the subject material was is very intense from what i hear yeah
0: yeah you'll have to tell me what podcast that we'll talk about that after so Mm -hmm. uh we can name drop it here what's it what's it called
1: it's called uh, uh, Heartland Radio, Heartland basically Radio. a local sports guy, uh, Pat McAfee, uh, retired from professional American football and just started getting into social media entertainment, started a, a podcast, had a bunch of his comedian friends on it, and that eventually spun off into the Heartland Radio because that's where I live in Indiana, It's the Heartland, it's called the Heartland of America because it's basically the middle of the country, and it's where, all the, a, lot, where a lot of the farming gets done, a lot of the manufacturing gets done a lot of the industrial stuff gets done is in the middle of, of the, of America. So it kind of got the slang name of, uh, you know, heartland and, uh, it's just a bunch of idiots having fun. And I'm, I'm dead serious mm-hmm. about the idiots thing in the best, not like, Oh my God, how could you do that? You're so stupid. It's, you right. know, it's guys that, uh, you know, they, um, he, he has uh, relationships with uh, professional wrestling. And so they're filming a professional wrestling event here in town tonight. Cool. And so of course they, uh, buy a trampoline and put a trampoline in the middle of their office and film a bunch of stuff <laughs> involving the professional wrestlers and trampolines because that's what you do
0: cool Nice. well as long as they have fun and no one gets hurt then uh, oh it's a, want, so. it's a riot and
1: a half it's a fun fun podcast but it's it's very much on the uh, we don't take anything seriously side of the spectrum
0: Cool. Uh, Heartland Radio, go and check that out as well. I will check that out. I'll tomorrow. put a,
1: I'll put a link into it in the, in the on the Facebook page. Cool.
0: Yeah, if you guys go into your show notes and click on, literally just click on the text that says Facebook group, uh, you'll be able to go in there as well. And I'll approve you as long as you're nice, etc. Um, but yeah, Ricky Gervais, uh, he's got his show out there as well. It's on Netflix, by the way. I should probably have mentioned that. But uh, you can go and check that out. Um, film Reviews on friday i'm planning on seeing us which is the next uh jordan pill film um he recently did a film called get out which is a horror film uh this one's got a bit more of a different twist on it it's a bit more of a home invasion type of thing but it looks really really good and uh if you guys have heard of um perry nemroth she's kind of a horror buff uh she works at collider and she's given it like a lot of praise like a lot of praise so uh if she really really likes it chances are it's actually quite good so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that on Friday um, Yeah, Speaking of Friday Sekiro Shadows Die Twice um, does come out on Friday and I'm hoping to do a first impressions video, don't know when any of that stuff's going to get posted but just look out for that on Friday uh, Am I missing something? Oh yes, film reviews uh, Yeah, look out for us and we recently did uh, reviews for Captain Marvel there's been two parts on it, part one was just me and part two was uh, me, Robert and David, we also went into a bit of uh, MCU talk And uh, Endgame Predictions, because that's going to be coming out soon as well. Uh, And that's what we've got going on at the moment on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. Okay, so what would you like to talk about today? Uh,
1: First thing was something that uh, popped up literally just a second ago. I know you talked about putting the Division 2 in your boomerang queue. Uh, If you have uh, Amazon Alexa, you can actually download the Division Network app for Amazon Alexa. Basically what that does is you can uh, say, Alexa, open open the Division Network, Hmm. and it'll uh, give you game hints, tips, uh, background, in-game story, activation instructions from the in-game software, and notifications for when events are happening in the game itself, which is kind of weird, but also kind of cool that they are doing uh, uh, game integrations into uh, internet-enabled devices such as Alexa.
0: Uh, Do you own an Alexa? I don't. I'm kind of interested to get one. Um...
1: I'm a little too nervous to get one, just because (laughs) it it, it listens to everything, and I'm a private person to begin with, so I don't really need that kind of drama. Hmm.
0: Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really mind that kind of stuff. Um, well, you know, privacy is important and stuff, but I'm not really worried in terms of the Alexa stuff. Uh, plus, I haven't got one yet, so, yeah, you know, we haven't got to that stage yet. Um, yeah, for me, with the, my list and stuff, just to give a bit of an update, uh, because I got sent... I've actually upgraded to three slots, just because I want the extra slot. Uh, Because it's kind of annoying when you get to a Friday. And then you think, okay, am I going to be sent something today? And then you don't get something sent. And then you might do on Saturday, but that game still won't come until Monday. So I've kind of opened a third slot to have kind of something extra. Um, Anyway, I've got uh, basically Far Cry New Dawn in one of the slots. Donkey Kong in the other one. And then uh, in order to be more within a chance of getting uh, Sekiro sent on... Uh, Thursday, Which would actually be tomorrow. Uh, well, being sent on Thursday, receive on Friday. Um, I cleared my list, actually. It did have Division in there, and I was uh, hoping to be sent it. But, again, all this stuff is a little bit random in terms of availability. But uh, I just kind of play what I get sent. And, plus, I only put stuff on my list that I actually want. So it's not like I'm going to get sent something that I definitely don't want to play. But, um... Yeah, I mean the Alexa stuff integration is is kind of cool, but uh, other than that, I'm just waiting to kind of jump in when that will happen. Like I said, I've got Far Cry to play, and then Sekiro. Sekiro. How do you? How would you say that name? I've
1: <laughs> I've heard Sekiro.
0: Sekiro. Okay, I'll call it Sekiro.
1: I don't know that that's right or not. I just heard that that's that's just how I've heard it pronounced. Okay.
0: So I'm getting that set on Friday, and then yeah, you know, um, I'll probably have to put kitchen stuff back on the weekend. So, um. Yeah, I'll, I'll play Division Two. I, I will, but uh, just not yet. How about you?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's cool that the the that the Amazon has like certain functions for games, and so that's always something interesting. But you know, past that, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not gonna own one. So,
0: mm-hmm. how about Division Two for you?
1: It, I will purchase it at some point. Uh, just not right now. You know, a game like that, it's gonna have a, a bunch of uh, uh patches and changes and updates within the first month so anything mm. like that I, I always give it like a good month to let everything shake out and go there go from there so
0: cool uh what else would you like to talk about uh well
1: disney just uh posted 86 jobs mm. on their uh career page specifically the jobs are for lucas film lucas film games um i don't know if you ever played the old lucas arts game those were probably before your time. There were a bunch of that bu- uh, cl- I can't talk today. <laughs> point-and-click adventures on early, you know, mid-90s computers. They were really, really good games. That's what we got. Cool. Uh, um, a, they, and they were LucasArts, so they were all licensed tie-ins. So we got a lot of Indiana Jones, point-and-click adventures. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Curse of Monkey Island is something that came out of that. Uh, think think Grim Fandango might have been part of that. I mean, I know it was developed by, uh, um, yeah, uh, Grim Fandango was published uh, by legendary designer Tim Schafer, who uh, um, oh,
0: yeah. made a name.
1: bunch of games. That was a LucasArts game. Um, the last outside of the remasters for the Grim Fandango and uh, Legend of Monkey Island really haven't heard anything from that studios because one of the first things that uh, Disney did when they purchased it in 2012 was to shut it down uh, now there's no indication that we're gonna get any Star Wars games out of this the, the job listings are fairly banal and fairly generic but there's you know calls for full-stack Python developers which is a software um, you know developer that we've got creative assistants uh, we've got uh, senior manager communications for games and merchandise Uh, We've got the brand marketing coordinators for the Lucasfilm games. So they are obviously got something in the works, and now that the Fox deal is closed officially, uh, who knows what licenses can be made and what games are going to be done. Uh, They did specifically say in the article that I'm reading that they reaffirmed uh, its commitment that the EA partnership and licensing model is going forward with uh, Star Wars games. Now, that's not to say that they won't make new Star Wars games, I mean, they certainly can't do any worse than Battlefield, uh, Battlefront 2 did. (laughs) Um, but outside of that, it's just one of those things that the Disney Corporation is just gobbling everything up more and more and more.
0: Yeah, um, I, I'd like a Simpsons game. I don't know why. Um, I did actually watch this video the other day, um, I can't remember the channel's name, but it was essentially when this guy takes his, like, camera on a, on PC and edits not edits games. He basically takes the camera behind certain places in the game and does what he calls boundary breaking. When he shows, uh-huh. okay, there's this drawing thing or this uh, there's this level that's used way off in this distance. How come it's here? And then like when certain things are loading, um, and like showing, okay, when this thing loads, this thing here is just above and it will like connect to it. I mean, he'll explain all of it better than than what I can because he's the one that does it. Um, but the two videos that I watched of his was uh, the Simpsons hit and run game which was I can't even remember what year that came out um, and the other one was the uh, Crash Bandicoot games that he he put the insane trilogy in his title But he did just the first game uh, but he did compare it from uh, The insane Tril- trilogy and the original game and I thought that was that was pretty cool to see um, But yeah something about it just made me think about um, the hit and run game and how kind of fun that was and with them disney actually now owning the simpsons uh as far as that deal uh, yeah i I
1: haven't heard whether they got whether fox retained that ip or whether it transferred over to disney because it wasn't the full of fox media that got purchased out it was some of it and parts Mm -hmm. of it so
0: disney put this uh picture on one of their websites and um it, it was updated with like deadpool avatar and one of the new photos was simpsons so i don't know if that like confirms that so i'm not sure um, but then it's I, one of those things
1: that the, the lawyers will figure it out. So
0: Right, yeah. Um, but I assume that was like, hey, we've got these things now and they're here in this picture. Um, but yeah, I mean, that might be kind of fun. I mean, obviously the big draw of this would be, hey, more Star Wars games. Uh, it would be helpful if, like, outside of the EA license, uh, which doesn't end for at least a couple of years. I can't remember the exact year that they, they said. It's at least like 2021 20, or 22 or something that that deal ends um if they can start development on something between now and then in this new uh what you said Lucasfilm games
1: uh yeah it's called lucas uh, the original company was called lucas arts that was making the games and yeah. then they got transitioned to the, into lucas films and then uh when disney bought it in 2012 they just canceled the whole studio
0: hmm. yeah um so, yeah, obviously the thing that people want is the star wars games and it just depends what's in that contract between them and ea and uh, how all that yep. kind of stuff goes uh, what what do you want out of this
1: oh well i think what people specifically want is good star wars games yes the, yes. the branding is specifics you know means nothing um the last uh, LucasArts games that they were working on was star wars 1313 mm. which you know has its own kind of infamous history and i've been looking up the uh titles uh, they were responsible for uh, star wars force at least two which they did in collaboration with redfly studios back in 2010 mm. uh, they did uh, lucidity which was back in 2009 but the lucas lucas arts first games was uh an atari 2600 game back in 1984 so it tells you how long that's been going around and how long that's been a thing so
0: mm, nice i did play some of the force Unleashed games um and everything is it, a little bit like, like uh, this might be a strange comparison but hear me out it's a little bit like bloodborne in the way that like okay i should like this and there should be something here but it just doesn't click um obviously the star wars unleashed games are very different to bloodborne but in terms of the whole like i want this to, cl- to click and it won't uh it was the same kind of problem so did you ever play those yeah. games the, uh, yeah the force I've, i grew games? up
1: on those games so you know Legend of Monkey Island is a great game. It's you know been remastered, so you can pick it up on the Xbox 360. Mm. I don't know if it's backwards compatible on the One or not, but if it's not, it should be. Uh, be. Full Throttle Remastered got a PS4 release. I want to say that's another fun game. Very you know tongue in cheek, very uh, not taking itself seriously, but it's a good game. Uh, I mean, I me being my age, I'm bound to have played it at some point. So.
0: Nice, um, yeah, we'll see what comes out of this, but, uh, there won't be a new Star Wars game tomorrow, so we'll just have to wait, so, um, if you're, like, a really die-hard, uh, or, like, a hardcore Star Wars fan, you must be really disappointed with this current situation, because, like, me and you, I think we're kind of on the same page with Star Wars, which is where, like, we like it a lot and stuff, um, and we'll watch the films, and I don't know if you've watched any, like, Rebels or Clone Wars or, or anything, have you seen any of those, uh, TV shows?
1: uh no but that's just because i don't have cable so it's right. kind of hard to get those on demand
0: yeah um but yeah th- for those of you that are like fully involved with star wars and like really hardcore fans and have watched like clone wars and read probably a dozen comic books and stuff you're probably quite disappointed with the game situation would Would you agree with that with i, I can definitely understand that, understand
1: that. i was di- yeah Uh. It's kind of like a weird uh, Machiavellian, Pyrrhic victory. But the one good thing that Battlefront Two did was that it broke the, uh, you know, pay-to-win uh, microtransaction model for the most part. I mean, it's still in there for games who were in development when that thing, you know, hit the wall. But a lot of the developers are really, really, really running away from that very fast now. So mm-hmm. at least some good came out of it.
0: I suppose so. Uh, cool. So we'll see what happens with this. Obviously, we won't know soon so uh what else do you want to talk about
1: well uh game developers conference was this week Mm. and one of the shocks that came out of it was a literal shock as in system shock 3 Uh, game developer Warren Spector revealed the trailer during the unity game developer conference in san francisco Uh, if you want to see the teaser trailer it's out on youtube it's easy to find Uh, very odd that we're getting a System Shock 3, considering System Shock 2, released in 1999. It's always considered one of the greater, you know, sci-fi games. Um, An enhanced edition of System Shock uh, was released in 2015. Hmm. Uh, We didn't get any kind of a date since it was just a teaser trailer, but, you know, it's a beloved franchise, and it's getting a sequel 20 years after the fact, so maybe there's hope for Half-Life 3. You never know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh <laughs> oh, yeah I, I was it's weird i was thinking recently is there something that might come up in future podcasts that might make me like surprisingly kind of laugh and that made me laugh so thank you for that um uh-huh. and uh so System. Sh- i've heard of system shock before can you explain a little more a little bit more about it
1: uh it's a very hard game to describe if you've never seen it before it's early progenitor in kind of the first person you know, semi-stealthy puzzle-solving game. Okay. Uh, System Shock. It's basically uh, kind of an AI. Uh, you take on the role of a hacker as you uh, explore the area that you're in, and you know, obviously, try to survive since it is a survival game. Not in the sense of you know, you're fighting off zombies uh, yeah. or anything like that. So,
0: cool. Cool. It's one of those
1: that you really got kind of gotta play to understand. So. Okay. I
0: understand. Um, something else I kind of wanted to sneak in here in terms of, like, teaser trailers, because it li- literally kind of was. Uh, can't remember when I last brought this up or how many times I brought it up, but, um, the Abe's Exodus game, which was the sequel, I believe that was the sequel. There was Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus. There was a bunch of other games, but I'm talking about the main two. Uh, the first game did get a, uh, remaster. It was called All the World New and Tasty, if I remember that correctly. It was released on the uh, PlayStation 1st. I think it was exclusive for, like... ...about a year until it came onto Xbox One. Um, completely, like, sharpened all the controls and all that kind of stuff. And uh, just they just did, like, a really amazing job with that. Um, there's a remaster, like a... Well, full kind of remake for the uh, second one coming out. It's called Oddworld uh, Storm, I think it's thing, thing is the, the word. Um, and they've I've had this game in, like, really quiet background development for a long time it's one of them actual good situations where like you know the game is coming out but they don't come out every couple months and say hey here's another teaser trailer and another one another one they've kind of been quiet and for like every every year or every six months or so they'll come out and say like hey here's a bit of like concept art or like a little teaser trailer or something here or there um or the guy in charge will do like an interview or something um they came out with a teaser trailer yesterday during uh gdc and um I think it was the Alf character and and somebody else. They're on this like train thing, which you can use in the game. Uh, I roughly remember using those. Uh, and the flying version of the Slicks are flying outside of the thing, and they're shooting at I think Alf in the uh, in the window. And uh, essentially, they're using the um, is it the brew thing that I can't remember the name of the drink. it's, it's something brew. And uh, he's trying to basically throw it into this fire thing in order to to power up the train and to make it go faster. And Alf is sort of saying to him, like, hey, hurry up, hurry up, we're about to, you know, be shot. And uh, he's saying to the the other guy, saying to him, like, hey, I'm going as quickly as I can and that sort of stuff. Um, And then you see this shot of, um, what's it called, Rapture, Rapture Farms. And it's kind of been redesigned a little bit. There's all these, like, blue lights on it. I think in the past they were green lights. Um, But you sort of see like a brief shot of it and uh, they're obviously heading towards that and that was it But all of the like capture and the performance and animation and all that kind of stuff looked incredible And uh, I was looking in like the YouTube comments and stuff and most like 99% of the people were saying like We can't believe how good this looks and uh, I was pretty stunned myself So do you have any history with with those Abe games?
1: Uh, no, they uh, they just kind of fell into a weird spot where I wasn't really playing video games at the time. Mm-hmm. I take a break from those every now and then, and so those games just kind of fell by, you know, fell into that crap.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of like platforming survival, where you will do like platforming and you will jump and stuff. Uh, a little bit more in the in the mold of like a limbo or an inside, as opposed to platforming in like Super Mario. It will be more of like a two D side scroller type of thing where you're surviving um the survival part is obviously you and your uh friends i think they're called there's certain names in this franchise that are like written a specific way but they're said a very specific way as well so you could probably pronounce a lot of stuff incorrectly in in this series uh but the madouken um sort of friends you have to sort of obviously get them out as well and you have like little powers and stuff you can do this sort of chant and you open these like portals for your friends to go into uh, so they can obviously escape, and there's like bombs, and there's obviously the, you know, you have to make sure you jump in the right places, all those kinds of kinds of things. Um, and yeah, it's probably in my top five, like, most anticipated games and stuff, so um, I'm really, really looking forward to it. So um, They've teased the game correctly as well, where it's not like, hey, we're going to show you something every month. It's like every six months when it pops up, you're like, oh my god, it's like a new piece of footage, so... Um, and it came out of nowhere because they didn't—they didn't say, "Hey, we're going to be at um, GDC," or at least I didn't see that. And then I suddenly saw um, Push Square post, like, "Hey, here's a new teaser for the Oddworld thing." I was like, "Wow, this—this kind of came out of nowhere." So that was a nice surprise as well. So, what—what um, uh, what else do you have to talk about for uh, your news? Uh,
1: well, the last thing that I have to talk about is uh, actually a bunch of things tied into one. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you followed the development of Phoenix Point at all.
0: I don't think I do. No.
1: Okay, uh, well, Phoenix Point is a game that's similar to XCOM in the sense that it's uh, got a few uh, developers that worked on the XCOM project. It's a third-person, squad-based, turn-based tactical game. Uh, And it's caused a lot of stir up recently. It was a crowdfunded game that was successfully crowdfunded, and then it's really, really close to being live, and then all of a sudden, uh, Epic Game Store uh, scored an ex- exclusivity deal uh, with uh, Phoenix Point, which caused a lot of concern because it was a uh, Steam, it was backed on Steam, it was uh, listed on Steam, oh. and now it's no longer on Steam. And so the backers are suing uh, right now to get their money back because they don't want to have anything to deal with. Uh, Epic, with the Epic Game Store. And the reason why this folds into everything else is because there's actually spyware involved in the Epic Game Store a downloader program. And people started noticing this after uh, Division 2 came out because mm. Division 2 goes through the uh, the game stores as well. And this is obviously Epic, uh, not Epic, obviously Division 2 is not a crowdfunded game. So when they jumped over to Epic Game Store out of Steam, that was... You know their decision, but I'm reading off of a Reddit post by a guy that goes by the name Not Important, which is N O T T E underscore N underscore M underscore Important, which is very clever. Hmm. Um, he talks about a whole bunch of things. Uh, uh, the Epic Game Store part of their funding comes from Tencent, which we've talked about a couple times on the podcast, which is a very large Chinese company. Also has heavy ties to the Chinese government and some of their censorship of things online. Right. Uh, and the guy goes into a way more of a technical detail than even I can follow, really. Um, and I can post that if anybody wants to. But basically, he's talking about the Epic Game Store program and how it's going through uh, your Steam files and it's going through some of your registries and it's uh, going through some of your DLL computer files, which are the, the, the really, really important ones that you don't want anybody messing with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, The guy says he has logged 279 connections um, through the Epic Software Store into files that it shouldn't be connecting to. And then Valve... Uh, is actually done a small response to that the, um, it says we are looking into what information the epic launcher collects from Steam. The Steam client locally saves data such as a list of your own list of games you own your friends list and saved login tokens uh, similar to the information stored in a web browser cookie. This is private user data stored on the user's home machine it is not intended to be used by other programs or uploaded to any third priority but it's actually doing that, that I interjected that part. Uh, interested users can find the local config.vdf and other Steam configuration styles in the Steam's uh, client installation directory and open them as its text editor to see what data is contained there. So they're basically saying, yeah, we're kind of doing it. Uh, we might change it here at some point. Um, and then this is what you can see the data, what kind of data it's being saved. And they're kind of saying, sorry, not sorry, really. And it's turned into a whole thing. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Upper Echelon Gaming that goes into it in a better detail than I can. Okay. Um, I get a little bit lost <laughs> on the technical jargon because I know enough of the software to understand uh, what's going on. But I'm not up to date with like the newer software, so I don't really know if it's as big of a deal as people are making out or if it's something that kind of happens when anything involving privacy is people overreact and lose their shit.
0: Yeah, Um, so, I mean, I no longer have the Epic thing on my, Epic Store on my laptop, because all all I tried to install it for was Fortnite, and it didn't work, and I thought, okay, I have it on my Switch and my PlayStation anyway, Uh, so I uninstalled Fortnite and Epic, uh, the Epic Store, because I simply didn't need them. Um, uh, I'm not understanding with, uh, not with the backed games, but with uh, games like Division and stuff, the big outrage behind uh, it being on the Epic store and not the Steam store? Because can't you simply just go onto your Epic account and buy the same game on the store? So. uh, Well,
1: it's one of those things that when the Division, like I said, when the Division moved from Steam to Epic, um, it was a thing, but it wasn't the hugest of deals because... You know, that's a obviously that's Ubisoft's game, and they have tons of money in the sense that they're a really really big company. So them moving was probably just a business decision. But with the uh, with the Phoenix game, yeah, that was a crowdfunded game that was specifically funded to be on Steam, and then Epic comes in, throws a bunch of money at them, and then poof, it's no longer on Steam.
0: Yeah, I get that, um, that's and I that's think. what. Yeah, because people that are on that side back the game and, and stuff so um but yeah because i've heard about a couple of other games and i'm not that, even the biggest sorry i've heard heard about a couple of the other yeah. games that are uh you know being bought by the epic shop and stuff um i mean to it's to me it's a bit like if you let's just take assassin's creed i'm just thinking of any third-party game and you get rid of your playstation you get an xbox one or the other way around and let's say you haven't brought assassin's creed yet and then you were planning to Get it on your PS4, but then you think, hey, next week I'm going to get my Xbox One, and so I don't want to start my progress yet. Maybe you can play something else in the meantime, or finish off a game, or do whatever. Isn't it kind of the same situation as to, like, with the vision stuff, as to, like, okay, you can simply swap to the different platform? Because you don't have to pay for the Epic Store, so in terms of, like the games that simply just move to the other service, I don't really kind of see the big deal with that. But like you said, with this Phoenix thing and it being more uh crowdfunded or crowd crowdsourced, um, that does make more sense obviously. So uh yeah, I mean it makes sense on Epic side because then they get more, you know, people coming over to their store and, and that sort of stuff. So business wise that makes sense. Um but I'm just not kind of understanding the outrage with the more public games. So uh yeah. I mean, no, I mean, no. Yeah, of-
1: well, with the outrage, it's one of those things that, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to install the, the software, the Epic Store software, on their computer. And, you know, when you have an Xbox, you have to buy Xbox games because it's not like you can play a PlayStation game on them and vice versa. Yeah. But when you're gaming on a computer, any computer software, if it's for that operating system, it should work on there. And the fact that, you know, these people that were... Um uh, Kickstarter backers, they bought it, they you know they they backed the product specifically for that platform for Steam. And mm-hmm. now they're saying it's not uh, you know, going to be on there. It's like when Metro Exodus switched over from Steam to uh, Epic and then we were we talked about that because somebody said, what happens to the people that bought the physical copy of Metro Exodus? And their response was, "The box will just have a download key for the for the Epic Game Store." Right. So that's they're not getting what they were promised, and they're not getting what they were purchased. It's like with uh, the Power Armor edition of Fallout 76, how so it specifically said a canvas bag, <laughs> and when the bag came, it was a crappy little vinyl one. You know, you're being sold a specific product, and then you're not getting that product. As for the rage. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, people just like to get mad every now and then. They just, they want to get their mad on. Yeah. (laughs) And this is one of the things they're doing it with. Now, I agree with the guy in the fact that the files that the Epic Store is accessing, they should not be accessing. No. And this is getting sent to a Chinese company to do God knows what for God knows what purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, you know, there's all kinds of different, you know, international laws there's a you know the chinese government has way different uh restrictions with terms of well everything there's stories coming out that say um and i don't know if this is true this is just the stories that i'm reading like that the chinese government is denying travel based on your credit score and your social media you know presence like if you're not a nice person on social media they don't let you travel anywhere Hmm. whether or not that's actually true i can't get that confirmed obviously because i don't you know Live in China, right? But I've seen like two different news platforms have similar stories to that, and it is a, a government that's not the best in terms of like you know freedom. So okay, take that with as much grains of salt that you want.
0: But yeah, in terms of this whole virus stuff, I'll just call it virus <laughs> stuff because that's essentially what it sounds like. All this whatever's going on, I'm kind of surprised that that's happening with with Epic, but. I mean, these things do happen. So, um, in terms of, that, I don't have too much else to say. But hopefully, they sort it out because it doesn't sound very good. So,
1: yeah, my only real issue is with their non-giving a crap you know response to it. They're like, yeah, it happened. We'll kind of fix it here later. Yeah, you know, you know, accessing parts of your computer that it's not supposed to access is a serious thing. And the fact yeah. that they're just like, eh, whatever fix it later that that's more of what i have an issue with than anything else mm-hmm. but then again i've never installed the uh the epic game store on my computer so it's not really an issue specifically for me yeah and I, this again this falls into privacy and how private of a person do you want to be and sure what the you how much you want software programs accessing your content on your
0: computer mm-hmm I've I've seen some I won't mention them because it's part of their privacy they have set up but there's certain content creators that I follow that actually use like not completely different names but they like change their names slightly just because they don't want people to like look them up and and that sort of stuff but um, to me when I you know started all this I was like yeah I do I do want my name on this thing and people to know that kind of stuff so yeah just depends kind of what you want and that sort of thing i mean we discussed it a bit earlier with the whole alexa stuff it just depends what level of privacy Mm -hmm. you kind of want so uh did you say that was your last news piece
1: yeah i know there was a couple things we both had similar news items on but like i said i'm a little sick so i'll go ahead and let you do most of the talking on that
0: cool no problem uh so um sony has filed another uh patent is it patent patent yeah yeah it's called uh and this one uh is simply for a wireless psvr headset uh presumably this would work with a playstation 5 because it would not work with a playstation 4 uh and that's kind of all we we really have from that i remember a couple of was it last week or the week before i find myself saying that quite a bit now but um we talked about PlayStation filing a patent for uh, backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 5, which would hopefully play PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4 games. We won't repeat what we said here because we already did it on the podcast. Uh, but what do you think of a wireless PSVR headset, presumably for PS5? What do you uh, kind of think about?
1: I think once it gets to the point that it's wireless and it's comfortable for wear, to wear for extended period times, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to get semi-serious about maybe having a VR headset, but those are both conditions that aren't any time
0: soon. Yeah, they know that. Yeah, that so.
1: That's, you know, five, six years down the road, if that ever happens. Plus, you got to remember, like I have said a couple times, they've been doing VR off and on since I was your age. So, mm. you know, it's one of those things that, yeah, I've seen it before. It cool. does, admittedly, it does look a lot better than, you know, when I was in my 20s. <laughs> right. But it's, it's not like it's, you know, a holiday or in the future or anything like that.
0: Right, um, I actually did go to play some because I remember last week, again last week or the week before, uh, saying I was gonna get into some more PSVR stuff, and because of like a bit of the sickness from the whole kitchen dust and all that sort of stuff, I went to play it, and I was. Plus, I was kind of tired because people were coming in and out of the house and and whatever. It's been kind of a crazy situation. Um, I just like wasn't I, by the time I actually went to go to play the PSVR stuff. I wasn't in the mood. I was feeling a bit tired and was feeling a little bit sick. And one of the advised things is, hey, if you're feeling a little bit sick or a bit tired or you have some kind of headache or whatever, you probably shouldn't play this. So I kind of said to myself like, okay, I'll just leave. I'll simply just leave this for another day because I was gonna go, I was gonna just step back into uh, Astro Bot and uh, play some more of that. But um yeah I'm pre- I'm I mean I'm fairly new to the whole PSVR stuff so it's still kind of amazing me um in in what I'm playing and stuff um but uh yeah I mean I'm I'm perfectly fine with with what I've got at the moment I mean Astro Bot looks amazing and some some of the other games do as well There's still that kind of weird blur with Tumble VR although Tumble doesn't really need graphics because it's you putting blocks on top of blocks and more of like a puzzle thing as in instead of like landscapes and lands and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't really matter quite so much. But it does still have this weird like slight touch of blur. And there is still this really weird thing every now and then. Um, when like I'll pick up a block on the tumble. I'll go to carefully place it on something. And like for some reason as I'm about to let go of the item. I will sort of not me or at least I don't think it's me. The sort of camera on it and everything or like the game will kind of bubble a little bit. Like just shake me slightly and I still kind of haven't worked out as to why that's happening. So uh, I mean it hasn't effect to me. It's just very strange when it does happen because I can't really find a reason in the moment as to why it's happening. So unless I am like bobbing back slightly because like because when you're specifically with tumble when you're sort of carefully like placing the thing and you've got your controller in the air and you're like leaning forward a bit maybe maybe i'm kind of like rocking slightly do you think i could be doing that maybe do you think that might be kind of the problem?
1: i don't know because i haven't actually played any of those vr games so Mm -hmm. i don't know if the z axis actually has an effect on the gameplay or not um it might i mean that's certainly a a possibility but I don't know if in that game, you know, your third axis affects anything or if it's just like the vertical and the horizontal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, the depth affects anything on that or not. Um, I do know because I listen to the uh, Sacred Symbols podcast mm-hmm. that they talk, you know, the game sales. Every time they say PlayStation VR, it's always the same 10 games. So that's yeah. not very encouraging in the sense that there's not new games coming out that are you know, moving sales and moving units. Obviously, you know, with their attach rate and their game sales, they're obviously happy where it's at. But the fact that if you go back and look at, you know, the top ten played VR games and look over them for the past ten months, there's not a whole lot of movement in any direction in terms of, you know, new games. I mean, you know, one of the games might go higher than the other and the other might go lower or something like that, but it's pretty much the same games. It's always, you know, Job Simulator, Astrobot. A virtual reality, maybe Skyrim VR, will pop in there every now and then. But it's, there hasn't been a game out in at least six months that's really changed that chart, and that's not a good sign for the market because no. nobody's making games for that peripheral, and that's an expensive peripheral to do have and own. Mm.
0: I know that the um, what's that game I mentioned a couple of weeks ago? It was kind of like an expansion to uh, the London High stuff. It was called like Blood and something. I know that's coming out, but they haven't said when, so... um, Plus, Sony's not at E3, so we don't know when they're going to talk next about their different releases. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that's the VR side of stuff. Um, Cuphead. uh, Have you played Cuphead?
1: I have not. I keep meaning to, and then I just never get
0: around to it. Mm. Have you brought it Yep. No, not yet. Again, I keep meaning to
1: buy it, but then I never get around to it.
0: Okay. Um, Yes, Cuphead is coming to Nintendo Switch. They did have a... uh, a what was it like a Indies showcase they they advertised for today and they showed t- for today and I kind of thought like okay it's gonna be a bunch of their like you know Nindies and it's not gonna be too much so I didn't plan to watch it and then like an hour after it happened or something I just saw all these headlines of like Cuphead come, uh, going to switch so that happened as well. Um, what do you think of that happening?
1: I think that's a an excellent game to have on the Switch. I mean yes. it's not overly graphically demanding. It's something that can easily be played on that platform, and like I've always said, you know, once the third-party support really kind of started the ball rolling with like some of the big titles like Skyrim and Doom and whatnot, mm-hmm. that was just more incentive for the the smaller developers to dedicate the re- time and the resources to put games on the Switch, and all that does is make the Switch better. That was always the problem with the Wii and the Wii U, is that there wasn't a whole lot of third-party support, (laughs) despite the fact that the Wii U sold 90 gazillion units. Um, The Wii U had its own problems, Mm -hmm. Um, but outside of that, it's one of those things that, you know, it only makes the Switch better, and that's not a bad
0: thing. Yeah, it's coming on, uh, it's going, I should say going to Nintendo Switch. Uh, On the 18th of April, which is actually the day after my birthday. So, that's interesting as well. I didn't catch whether or not this is a physical or just a digital release, but I'm going to assume it's a digital at the moment. So, uh, that's happening. Um, But yes, don't get frustrated and throw your Switch across the room. Don't do that. Because then you'll have to buy a new Switch. I mean, Dark Souls has been out on the thing for eight months, a year maybe. And that's all a CA-like frustration kind of testing game. How how would you... Describe those types of games, like a Cuphead or a Neo or a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne. Those sorts of games that just really test you. How would you kind of describe those?
1: uh beyond challenging. Mm. Uh, but then again, back in in my day when I was you know a kid and younger, the games were designed to be super super hard because they were all arcade games, mm. and so they were designed to separate you from your quarters. <laughs> yeah. We the, actually that's the term quarter muncher. Where quarters a uh, coin uh it's basically a fourth of a dollar
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and the the arcades back in the 80s and 90s that's the way they designed the games was to be punishingly brutally hard so that you'd have to pump more quarters into it that's why the people that were like the top of their games that's why they were so you know amazing was because they were playing games on a level that nobody could and it's like the people that just like i guess the closest equivalent nowadays would be the you know the evo fighters you know, the, the Super Street Fighters and right. the, the Tekken Fighters and all those guys that are just doing shit that you couldn't even begin to do, so.
0: mm-hmm. Like, it's a little... Is that a little bit like an old-day-style microtransaction? Of like, hey, you need to pay like another quarter to get through? It just kind of reminded me of that. Not
1: really, bit. because it was kind of the way it was designed. It wasn't a microtransaction. You weren't getting new content. Mm. You are basically continuing the game. So yeah. if you... Like, when you're playing a Mario game and, you know, you run out of lives and it says continue, that's just them still sticking with that legacy concept. Hmm. Um, But, I mean, you could always stop and walk away and let somebody else play, and then they would spend their quarters, so.
0: Yep. Uh, Yes, Cuphead is going to be going to the Nintendo Switch on the 18th of April. Do not break your Switches. Um, And the last thing I have to talk about is, well, actually a pretty massive thing, which is kind of why I saved it to last... Uh, Google is making a game streaming service called Stadia. Uh, I want to get your first reactions to the name. What do you think of it being called Stadia?
1: Honestly, when I heard Stadia, I thought it was like some new drug that they were marketing. Because <laughs> that, that a lot of the commercials that you get on American TV are for like medications.
0: Like, right. You
1: know, There's this problem. And then there's that problem. And then it has like this, this weird name and this other name and it's you know consult with your physician before taking stadia I actually that actually came up on my twitter feed it said to uh, check with your doctor before buying a stadia and then they had a picture of dr mario with it i thought that that's funny <laughs> i like that
0: over here we have a lot of uh, gambling adverts like a lot of them so uh but yeah google announced the game streaming service and it's called stadia Um, And essentially what what they described it as Is you'll be able to log into this service And Start playing games Uh, There was a lot I mean I watched the whole thing Which felt a little bit like a a waste And As to like I should have just watched the highlights Because it was like an hour and ten minutes And it was a lot of like buzzwords Of like we've got the future and future And we've developed this and that And it was a lot of those kinds of words Um, Essentially the gist of this is um, They've they're making a controller for it, which will obviously work with the with the uh, game service. Uh, they didn't mention a price. Uh, they didn't mention um, how much uh, bandwidth and stuff that you'd need, like how many uh, megabytes and stuff that you'd need. Um, but they did this stage demo where uh, they had Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey was the newest one, wasn't it? Um, and this guy basically had set up like a tablet, a laptop, uh, TV. In the end, like a phone. And what he did was pick up the. Uh, I'll just call it the Google Google controller. He picked it up, pressed start, and then there was this start option button on the on the screen. He simply pressed it, and he he jumped straight in. Obviously, it had been like logged into. Um, and he'd already had it set up, ready to go and everything, and then he essentially paused the game, actually in some cases he didn't pause the game, he, like, just stood the character still, uh, turned the screen on for another system, so, like, one of the tablets, pressed start, connected the controller, continued straight from where he was, and essentially just went from device to vi- device, to device and, and did the same thing, um, as if to say, like, okay, you can log into this thing, use your controller, like, sign in and everything, um, and pay for the service, presumably, uh, and then you can, like, it's almost like a multi, you know how you can put it, uh, like the PS4 in rest mode? It was almost like as if he was waking up lots of different PS4s is is the best way I can kind of describe it. Um, how does all this kind of sound to you?
1: Well, I'm calling bullshit until I actually see it and yeah. do it because the, I'm not buying that for a second. Um, they tried to do something similar. On the episode of Inside Xbox last week, where they showed the uh, the X Cloud streaming service, I saw that. Yeah, and they had uh, this lady whose name I can't remember I mean, yeah. was uh, <laughs> supposedly playing, you know, four one of the Forza games on the X Cloud service, and her motions with the controllers were not matching up to the motions on the screen. So it's clearly just a pre you know pre recorded video that she was just mimicking along to it. So until I actually see it and actually see it working, I'm going to call bull crap. Past that, this goes back to something we've talked to several times in yeah. terms of anything like that: bandwidth and latency. It's going to, it's not going to be good. I mean, I mean, not everybody lives in like really, really high bandwidth areas. No. not everybody has access to high speed internets, and you know, you get latency like that. I mean, it's just not going to be good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I spoke again a couple of weeks ago about um, I can't remember the topic that we talked about, but I remember bringing out game game streaming for some reason, and I said about uh, you know, what what about if I'm playing uh, it won't be on there because it will probably be exclusive to PlayStation, but Last of Us Two or something or the next let's say the next the next Assassin's Creed game, um, let's say the Assassin's Creed the the new one is is on there and I get to like a really um important cutscene where. Let's say, like, a character's threatening another character. They've got, like, the knife to their throat. And then, like, it starts, like, chugging or lagging or however however you want to describe that. And then, like, the character goes to do something. Maybe the character's elbowed the other one and got them broken free. Or you hit, like, a cut or something. But have they cut their, like, shoulder? Or did this, did something else happen? Uh, or did they actually die? And then, like, um, you know when you get that, that particular lag as to where the screen starts to, like, get sort of chopped up um mm-hmm. that starts happening and then it just kind of cuts out that's not an immersive or a good experience at all and um like you uh just pointed out with lots of different places in america having different uh levels of bandwidth and different uh amounts of bandwidth and i mean not just in america but uh around the entire world it's just not going to work the same way for everybody for some people this will work but for other people they'll sign up and then it just it just won't work so um i've i've spoken before about my whole you know skepticism of of this whole thing and how it's just simply better to me uh even if you do have to wait a couple of hours just download a game to your your system whether it be a switch playstation xbox whatever you're playing on download it to it you can play offline it won't lag it won't cut out it won't chug unless the game crashes which is a different situation uh it won't do what i just described which is where it starts lagging and Frame rate stuff, and this is something wrong with the game specifically, uh, like it was developed poorly and there's really bad frame rates. But if it's downloaded and played offline, it won't lag in the same way, and it won't cut out in the same way. So. Yeah, when again, when people kind of talk about digital future and streaming future and that kind of stuff, we're we're nowhere near close to that. So, um, and they gave a 2019 release date for this thing as well. So, um, they didn't say what year or what, what month, and they did say, "Hey, we'll see you in in the summer." So maybe something at E3 or around E3, or maybe they literally just said summer because that's when they're next ready to talk. Um, but yeah, I think we've kind of said our piece on this in terms of like it's just not going to work for everybody this technology is still um far too new um and it just won't work in in 2019 or 2020 uh maybe like five six years from now when we're fully in the um cycle of like playstation 5 or whatever it, it might work then but yeah you've just got too much risk of um what's it of like cutting out and dropping out and, and that sort of stuff so uh yeah anything else you want to say about this
1: yeah, I've seen, obviously they haven't released any firm numbers yet, but some yeah. of the estimates I've seen from people that are experts in the field have been saying you're going to need upwards of a 50 megabit per second internet connection to do this on any real level. And that's quite a lot. That's yeah. mid at least over here in the States, that's mid-tier, you know, high-speed uh, uh, cable and or fiber internet speeds. Uh I can obviously see the appeal in terms of low cost because you're not buying a $500 console. You're
0: not buying $200 yeah, you're just controller. Buying a service, so.
1: Yeah, you're just buying a service. So yeah. on that level, I can I see the appeal for it. It's just it's one of those things that I can't imagine they're going to get that great of a library of games to start with because everybody that's developing you know for the PlayStations and the Xboxes and the computers are going to see this as, at best, a niche market. And yeah. unless it takes off, um, they're not going to do it because remember we didn't get a whole lot of third party stuff going back to what we talked about earlier with a switch until they've started putting up their sales numbers
0: mm.
1: and the sales yeah. numbers justified putting you know games on the switch. Do you really think we're going to sell you know 10 million services signed up in the first year of this uh, you know this Google game is I guess it's the easiest way to call it. I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah, I would say just. I really don't think St- Stadia is a, is a good name. I would have expected, like, Chrome games or Chrome Console, Something more related to Google or Chrome. Because when you think of Chrome, you think of the browser, Google Chrome. Um, so mm-hmm. when they came up with Stadia, I was like, okay, this is sort of a weird name out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they got the right name. I don't think they've got the... Uh, if they if they had not announced this and developed it for another five years and then come out and explained or showed it off and actually said like how much it's going to be and stuff, then it would make a bit more sense. But yeah, at the moment it's not going to work. So um, yeah, what what do you, let's say it does work? What do you think of the whole idea of like going from your laptop to your phone to all these different devices and just seemingly like seamlessly logging in and just continuing straight from where you left off
1: well i mean i do see the appeal from that i mean yeah. we kind of sort of have that with our streaming video like if i'm on the netflix app yeah. on my ipad because i'm in bed and then i stop you know and then go to bed and the next morning i want to take you know start up from where i left off or uh, when i'm watching it on my xbox before i go to work mm-hmm. you know that works yeah but that again that's a streaming non-interactive tv service it's so. a video
0: so yeah. Um because that's something else that we discussed on next to nothing is the fact that like video games are just fundamentally different to like TV and movies uh, or films wh- whatever. Um because that's like a already recorded and filmed and edited video which will just have playback on it as opposed to a game where you have to interact. The game doesn't know if you're about to turn left, turn right, aim, shoot whatever. Um so they've got to they got to figure it out and we just we don't know how it's going to work. So um, that's about all they really said. They did show the controller. It's basically this white thing. I mean, for the thumbnail for this podcast, I am going to put it in there so you can get a, a good look at it. So, Because um, I was looking for, I typed in "stadio" and I thought, hey, instead of putting this weird S logo, I'm going to put the controller because it looks better. So uh, did you manage to see the controller? It looks very Yeah, though, I mean, so. the
1: controller layout, it's kind of somewhere halfway between the xbox and the playstation controller yeah and i think we've gotten to the point now to where the industry has decided that's just going to be the standard layout Mm. which i have no problem with sure that
0: yeah cool um and yeah that's all the things we have to talk about this week uh so yeah if you have any thoughts on any of these things that we discussed sony cuphead google the epic stuff Uh, or anything like that Matthew at talk.org, Twitter UK, there's the contact page as well or there's the information already in your show notes so you can just use the information in there as well Uh, if you would like to support the podcast support talk, patreon.com patreon.com forward slash entertainmenttalk that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice Amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on Amazon we'll get a small cut of what you spend it won't cost you anything extra uh itunes feeds please re- review and subscribe to those that helps us out as well uh and in the most uh, easiest way and probably the best way to help us out as well uh tell people that you work with tell your friends tell your family tell people that you just have conversations with maybe on the internet or wherever you're chatting to, to people uh about the website and the itunes feeds and they can come and discover it for themselves as well and then they can tell people that they know etc etc uh, and yes, you, you can share them on, um, Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different groups if you're allowed to do so, uh, cause sometimes you're not allowed to, uh, but yeah, you can do all that as well and that will help us out as well. Uh, video games, which is what you've been here for, for the last hour or so. If you want to watch me, Robert or David play different video games when we go live, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels. Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening to this week's episode. We shall be back next week and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening and goodbye.
1: Goodbye.